Oh, maybe, yeah. But yeah, there are a few people in my neighborhood that had those. And... It's like as tall as the house? Yeah, pretty much. Well, a, little a bit one taller, actually. So, I want to ask you, since um, we are so close to Halloween, what is your favorite Halloween candy or regular candy? Either, I'll take either one. I mean, whenever we whenever we do Halloween, I'd always I'd always go for you know the Reese's cups or something like that. Like when we get our Halloween candy bag, right? But one of the candies that people always shit on that I really like. Oh, you better choose your words carefully. <laughs> are those? Uh, you know, do you remember those peanut butter taffies? They're like they're wrapped in the the orange or black wax oh, paper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would have like a little chunk of like peanut butter in the middle. Right. You I like used those. to love those. They they just kind of melt in your mouth, right? Like you chew it and it's kind of getting stuck in your teeth and everything. Yeah. I mean they're they're taffies. They're they're sticky, they're taffies, you know. <laughs> but people people always shit on those and I used to love those. You know, funny thing is um cuz I, I feel like I have my my weird candy unpopular opinions, but uh I guess before we get into my candy um, was it only Reese's cups that you kind of go for and the, the taffy or are there? Oh, any no, I'd, I'd always I'd go for the other chocolates, too, of course. Any chocolates, really? Yeah. Even just like the plain like Hershey's. Oh, I love the plain Hershey's. It's a, I think for in my bag, the last one that would be there would be um, the Milky Way. But even then, like <laughs> if I want chocolate, I will eat the Milky Ways <laughs> or the Three Musketeers. If it gets desperate. Pretty much. <laughs> Once everything else is gone. But, you know, I like I also like, you know, the Hershey's brand ones, like the Mr. Good Bar and the nice. Crackles. Yeah, which is basically um, crunch, isn't it? Yeah. Crackle. The Crackles are just tougher to find, I feel like. You, like, you never find them by themselves. They're always mixed no. in with Mr. Good Bars and stuff. Yeah, you can. Only, I, I think you can only get them like that. I've never seen them by themselves. Right. It's funny you bring up Mr. Good Bar because that is currently... My top favorite candy right now. I don't oh, know really? what it is about just the regular chocolate and crushed peanuts, but man, that that's a that combo is just classic, and it is you can't delicious. really go wrong with it. Mm-mm. Unless you're allergic to, peanut, to peanuts, of course. I mean, if there are no Mister Good bars, I'll I'll always go for Whoppers or Reese's cups myself. So yeah, I mean, Snickers are that's always a safe bet. Oh, you know what else is good? Hundred grand. Really. So that's the the rice and caramel, right? Yes. Oh, man, those are so good. Growing up, I felt like every year I had a different phase. So it's like one year, 100 grand, another year, Babe Ruth, you know, like mm-hmm. um, the, the next year, Snickers. I felt like every year, for whatever reason, I was just all about one candy, Kit Kats, <laughs> whatever, you know, and it was like only that. But it got to the point where... By the time the next year rolled around, I was completely sick of it. So it's like now, yeah. I hate kickouts now. It's kind of weird. Like it's just it's really plain. My mouth water. <laughs> <laughs> Getting hungry. So I also wanted to tell you a little story. I came up with a, a horror movie idea, and I wanted to pitch it to you, see what you think of it. Okay. So I kind of envision it as being maybe like dark comedy, a little satirical, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But the concept is, there's probably already something out there like this, but um, it was funny because I just randomly thought of this movie and told it to Brenda and she thought it was hilarious. <laughs> so I, I picture it being kind of satirical, but not overly campy, like scary movie. 
the concept is this guy is cursed. I, I just feel like it's funnier with a, with a, a male protagonist, but mm-hmm. this guy is has been cursed recently with various objects, various shapes and sizes and girths trying to fall into his ass. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to penetrate him constantly. <laughs> Think of like Final Destination. You know how like all these things will kind of like a domino effect and then it'll be like a broom falls over and then like something like pushes him back. Yeah. And then he's (laughs) always like constantly narrowly escaping penetration somehow. (laughs) And then I was thinking, perfect. Final penetration. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Would you go see that? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like it'd be hilarious. I would definitely see it if you made it. I think what would make it even funnier is like instead of it trying to be funny, if like it was pretending to take itself too serious. Yeah. It's like this comical setting that's like over the top ridiculous, but like it's still pretending to be a serious movie. Yeah. But it's obviously Final Penetration. It it sounds a little erotic though, now that I think about it. It's <laughs> it like, sounds the, like it's a like the porn version of Final Destination. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. That might that name might already be taken. Damn it. <laughs> and it's it's basically it's it's basically the concept of your movie, except it's a penis trying to right exactly. A woman. <laughs> there actually is like plenty of penetration going on. Damn it! They stole my idea. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so Steph and I had a a little idea that we thought would be kind of fun. Instead of me doing the intro for this episode. We were thinking, hey, we'll change it up and have Steph do it this time. So, should we get into it? Yeah, here we go. Welcome to Affliction Auto's podcast, episode 17. My name is Stephanie, and the other voice occupying your head this time is my brother, Eric. How you doing? Thank you to all of the listeners out there for joining us. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the major podcast streaming services. New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. Afflictionados is a monthly podcast where we mainly talk about films that range from mind-numbing to mind-blowing. We also sometimes cover TV shows or other forms of media. Needless to say, we'll be getting into spoilers here, and there will be only the healthiest amount of expletives tossed in, like a good vegetable soup. You have been warmed. Warmed. You have been warmed. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I know. If it's my little soup analogy. He's throwing your little flair into it. I like <laughs> I know, it. right? <laughs> if you ain't ready, then get ready because in this episode, we'll be discussing the found footage horror film Paranormal Activity. <laughs> nice job. I like it. <laughs> Thanks. See, isn't that fun? That's what I get to do every time. <laughs> That that was that was fun, yeah. So you mean you mean as if like somebody found the footage? That's what it means. Exactly, yeah. So okay, it's okay. it's basically like footage that has been made, and then someone just uncovers it, you know. And then right, right. basically the audience watching the movie is like us seeing it for the first time. Yeah. Today's episode, Paranormal Activity, directed by Oren Pelly, was originally screened in film festivals in two thousand seven but would later be released in theaters in 2009. So I wanted to kind of clear that up. It was technically in theaters in 2009, but I think something that a lot of people didn't know was that it actually was first shown in 2007. So that's how Mm -hmm. old that movie was. With a completely different ending. Exactly. And pretty short, like how we're saying, right? Yeah. The the runtime is 
what, like 90 minutes, 86 yeah, minutes, I think so. just short of a, an hour 30. Mm-hmm. Typically movies around like two hours, I think is more of the average. An hour nowadays, 30 is kind of yeah. like the shortest you can go. I feel typically. like that was like the 90 standard, but yeah, nowadays two hours is the standard. Too much going on, too much CGI they have to fit in mm-hmm. there. So director Orrin Pelly has worked on all of the Paranormal Activity films in some capacity, um, along with such films as the Insidious series, Chernobyl yeah. Diaries, which was pretty good, The Bay, The Lords of Salem, and even a horror TV show called The River, which I've never heard of. Yeah, me neither. I don't think it did too well Aww. when I looked it up. But he has actually only directed two films in his career. The first Paranormal Activity, which we're covering today, and the straight-to-video film called Area 51, which is, you can probably guess what that's about. (laughs) Spoiler alert, aliens! (laughs) So both of the films that he directed, Paranormal and Area 51, they have pretty generic-sounding titles, in my opinion. Right when you really think about it, like this movie yeah. is just called Paranormal Activity. Paranormal Activity. That's about as generic as you can get, you know. Yeah. And then it's just like calling it a ghost movie, basically. And then it's like, well, if we're gonna do an alien movie, what should we call it? Area Fifty One. Boom. Done. The place where the ghosts are, or the place where the aliens are hidden. For paranormal, at least, I feel like it kind of works for it. Like it, it kind of yeah. went with the vibe of the movie because you didn't really know much about it going in. It goes. It gets straight to the point. You kind of know what the movie is going to be about, and it kind of has this mystique about it. Like there isn't mm-hmm. much else to go off of, and you're like, okay, well, you know, let's try it out. Yeah. And that was that was basically like my mentality going in. I was just like, I don't know anything about it. Looks scary. Let's try it out. If I recall correctly, for once, this is one that we didn't see together. Uh, you know, some some people thought it was lame because there wasn't actually that much going on, and it was all done with the handheld camera or whatever. Um, but you thought it was great, and I thought it was great, and then we came together and talked about it, and we both realized we thought it was great. I I thought we did see it together. I could have sworn. I think we saw two together, because because of our mutual like of one. I feel like. Yeah, I think after this one, I was definitely all in. Yeah, I saw three in uh, the drive-in. I think with Andrew, and that one was not, not as good. Yeah. No, I think they <laughs> gradually got worse. And then I never saw four. I didn't even know there was a four actually until today. Oh, there's there's more than that. There's more? There's like little spinoffs. Yeah, there's... Oh my um, goodness. Yeah, it's like the marked ones and Ghost Dimension or something like that. Oh my it, gosh. Okay. It gets pretty ridiculous. But we're not talking about those. We're talking about the yeah. first one, which is the best the one. The first one. That's right. So this movie was also the definition of low budget in the sense that it only cost $230,000 to make. Thousand, I was gonna say two hundred thirty dollars. <laughs> it was just a camera. They already had the house. Yeah. It and it ended up grossing a hundred ninety three million. Wow! When it was all said and done, that is a huge profit. And you know, to me, it really didn't feel low budget. Like I don't know the way that they they carried themselves throughout the movie and the way they decided to shoot it. I felt like. It was trying to seem low budget, lower budget than what it actually was. But I felt like the production and everything, the direction was pretty damn good. Yeah, actually, I don't know if you hear that in the background, but that is my baby. Um, <laughs> I actually looked into a little bit and um, it sounds like when they did casting and stuff, 
they found Katie and Mika and they had them read separately and then they liked them. So they put them together and they, they, you know, they, they, a lot of the movie is, uh, kind of improv. Like they, he kind of went and told them like, Hey, this is what you're going to be talking about kind of thing. And then just, you know, have a conversation. Minimal directing. Yeah. And, uh, they did so well doing that together. They had such a chemistry. You would have thought that they'd known each other for years already. And so that's why they casted the two of them. And uh, uh, another plus is that uh, Mika already um, used to be a cameraman. And so since he was doing a lot no of the way. camera handling, I never he already that. had, yeah, he, he already had experience uh, being a cameraman. So that's another reason, you know, that another plus. And so uh, he was able to, you know, he knew what to do. He knew how to handle it, where to point it and, mm-hmm. and to get the effect that they want and whatnot. And so, but obviously, yeah, it's also his character holding a, a handheld home video camera so right yeah he's basically the only one that ever handles the camera yeah she 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 holds it a couple times like be like, oh, here, hold like this or something yeah. 30 seconds <laughs> i know when he goes into the attic she holds it and then there, i feel like there's like one other time at least that she holds it but i was surprised by the actors though in this movie because there were like no names coming into this movie yeah. I, I, yeah. I hadn't seen them in anything I thought, and I think it was cool too because that adds to the realism of the exactly, movie. Yeah, because you think that these are actual people living in this real house, and this is really that's happening. How I feel, that's kind of how I feel about you know, for example, the the Marvel movies, you know, the MCU movies. I like it when they cast no names because then it feels like they're just that character, and they've mm-hmm. only ever been that character. You know what I mean? I almost As feel like that. That might work against having them, a though. big name. I know because then they're typecast for the rest of them. Once they're done, yeah, they're typecast. <laughs> All you're ever going to be is this character. Maybe, maybe not. It depends on how good they are, right? But you know, it's, it's cool that they it, it's cool that they cast you know no names so that it adds to the realism of the film. What's not cool is that there's still no names. And I'll, I will definitely get into that in a little bit because I, I have something to say about that. But um, needless to say, this was a huge success coming in, and I think it's actually considered to be one of or if not the most profitable film ever made because it it was made with like pennies the basically budget, yeah 230 dollars and the cool thing is it played the dark horse and it actually beat out saw 6 wow which is an already established franchise yeah, franchise but i mean if you if you're getting to number 6 they can't be that good <laughs> i mean People obviously like them if it's getting to number six. You know, they're going to have Fast and Furious movies forever, it seems. But No, I think it... it hopefully, it's going to be ending soon. But they're going to split the no, last one. No, I said that two. after, like, four. And it will be like, Fast and Furious, the final fastening... <laughs> I don't know. Fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> Haven't I been doing that already? Yeah. But with Paranormal Activity going up against Saw 6, I felt like that showed two things. So one paranormal, it, it just kept drawing more and more audience members over time, which is kind of interesting because it it didn't open that well. But yeah, the longer stayed in theaters, I think there was a good word of mouth, and then the crowd just kept doubling and doubling and doubling, and that's how it was eventually able to overtake Sauce. Yeah, I feel like that that was a very interesting and very uh, unique uh, point in this in this movie is that you know it it looked. I don't think you could really make a good trailer about it. Like, I think the tra- like a lot of the trailers were those ones where it shows the audience reaction, <gasps> getting all scared. Pretty you know, much. And, the, it, and, uh, and so it looked kind of lame. So this, a lot of this movie's 
popularity came from word of mouth, you know, which is so unique. I actually got a lot of my friends to go see it because I was like, bro, you have to see this movie. And I just, I I was more curious to see their reactions Mm -hmm. and uh, see what their experience was like, what they thought of it. But um, the second point I wanted to make was that the Saw franchise, as you were saying, kind of ran its course and was actually waning in popularity. So I felt like it was just kind of the perfect storm. Yeah. It was the perfect handoff because now Saw was starting to just die off completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it did go on to make a few more movies after that, sadly. But did then uh, Paranormal had, uh, you know, its roots already planted. And then it started kind of doing the same thing and creating all these unnecessary sequels. I was actually just watching the trailer for Paranormal. And it was basically, yeah, it's, um, it's like a crowd, like audience reaction. That's what I'm saying. I remember that. I remember it. And you just see like quick glimpses of like them in their their bed and they like kind of sit up and they're like looking at the doorway and that's pretty much it. Oh my goodness. Pretty see, basic. It looked look lame. But you know what? I, I think for me, I, I, I kind of had this morbid curiosity about it and that's that's what got me in ultimately. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I at least had the idea that it was going to be you know, ghosty stuff, which is pretty Always much creepy. the only, the only type, yeah, like the creepy ghosty stuff, which is the only type of the paranormal stuff, which is the only type of horror movie that I actually like. So I was interested. Yeah, I definitely wanted a break from all those demon possession movies. Those are kind of a dime a dozen and zombie movies. Sidebar really quick. I was looking at the last couple episodes that we, we all recorded and They've done pretty damn well. I don't know. I don't know like what it is about it, but like I don't know if it's the subject matter or like the supplemental social media posts that we do along with it. But they did pretty damn well. They haven't. I mean, I don't know where to where I can where to where to find those stats. But like uh, right out the gate, usually it's it's it kind of like builds and builds. But I felt like uh, specifically with Casablanca, it was just like boom right out the gate. Wow, pretty cool. This is a hobby for us, right? And this yeah. is a creative outlet for us. So I feel like as soon as you start getting too serious, like too in the weeds about like our metrics and uh, how can we, how can we grow the audience and uh, this and that, you know, you're constantly just living and breathing this, then it just becomes work. So yeah, it's not fun anymore. I kind of think of this like almost like a a book club, but about movies. That's exactly how I think about it. Actually. Like when I tell, do they have movie clubs? I'm sure they do. I don't Well, I'm sure they do. Yeah. But yeah, so I'll, uh, you know, I'll tell people like, oh, I'm about to go do a, it's basically a book club, but we, we do movies. I'm about to go talk about movies with my brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we also record it and post it online. Out of all of our episodes, which do you think is the least popular? I actually think that probably our first one would be because... Toy Story? I have Okay, yeah, Toy Story, because I was, I was, I was going to say two, two different ones. First one, I would say Toy Story, because that was kind of our first go it kind of went a little long for like, we talked about it longer than the movie is, you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. I don't think we had that much of a, a pacing. No, we didn't. And so, yeah, that was kind of our first go. Like, you know, we were, you know, new to this and stuff. And the other one I would think that would be the least popular would probably be uh game of Thrones actually, because we're trying to pack so much, not that it was bad or anything, not that it was bad, but I feel like, we try to pack so much into one episode <laughs> that it might be a little too much for somebody, you know? I'll tell you one thing. Mm-hmm. If you're a real Game of Thrones fan, then there's never too much. Um, I actually thought it was going to be Rent because one, 
it was like a bonus. So I don't think it, it really okay. got that much um, time in the, the spotlight, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of it too is it might be the subject matter. I don't know if a lot of people are necessarily into one musicals or what rent is about specifically. Right. right. Surprisingly, it was Donnie Darko. Oh, I can Interesting, see that. Right? I can see that. I mean, that because it's a cult classic. Like, it doesn't have a major fan, like a huge, you know, mainstream fan base like some of these other movies we're talking about. It's it's more of a cult classic. So I feel like it would have to reach those cult fans. You know, the, the, that same cult following was what allowed it to be brought back into theaters and do well later on right so also it's a weird ass movie let's be real it's a weird ass movie and that i'm sure turns a lot of people off another guess would be um any episode where i was too tired and i and i sound too monotone (laughs) (laughs) gotta bring that energy i know i was i was listening to some other episode that and i was like damn i gotta be more animated all right here i go (laughs) (laughs) You know, I actually don't mind if Donnie Darko was our least popular episode because I kind of went into a little too much detail about my personal life in that one. So, oh, really? you know, a little bit of a therapy session. So, I, I mean, it just means that less people heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, getting back to the topic in hand, being a paranormal activity, not Donnie Darko. People often compare the paranormal activity to the Blair Witch Project. And I feel like that's a fair comparison. I would say only because they're both, you know, quote unquote, handheld, did, did the handheld thing. Um, I, I've actually never seen Blair Witch because I get motion sick. And mm-hmm. so I was just kind of afraid that I was going to get motion sick. I think you probably So were. I just decided not to risk it. I did see Cloverfield, though. I did get a little bit sick when I was watching Cloverfield. But every once in a while, I just kind of close my eyes and take a break. Because I saw it in the theater. When I would see it on TV, it's not so bad. But I saw Cloverfield in the theater, and that made me a little motion sick. Because you're Um, more immersed. Yeah, exactly. It's bigger. Yeah, you're more immersed. Um, But even though, you know, like I said, I've seen Cloverfield on TV, and it didn't make me sick, I I have not really had a huge interest in watching Blair Witch. Yeah, I've I've seen it a couple times. Um, The first time I saw it, didn't like it. But everyone seemed to love that movie for whatever reason. I, know. I don't know. Just because it was, I think it was because it was a new thing. It had never been done before. You know. Yeah, it was. It was the pioneer of the mainstream found footage style. Yeah. And so you know, there's obviously the focus more on the unsteady camera work and downgraded uh, handheld video and all that stuff um, instead of the usual top notch, crisp visual style. I felt like they went too overboard with it. There mm-hmm. were times where the cameras like pointing down at the ground, and it was just yeah. violently shaking. Yeah, because they're running, right, or something. I couldn't yeah. tell what the hell was happening. Yeah, it was. Okay. Uh, in in what way is this entertaining? This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I can't see anything. Except to build suspense, I guess. But that's what I never got into, and it doesn't yeah. ever show anything. It's just like I remember the iconic shot from if you can if if you can call it the, that, the up the nose one. Yeah, where it's like yeah. super close to the face. It's the the lens is practically like in their mouth, and it's like looking up their nostril, and you see snot coming down, and they're just like, oh, I'm so scared. Yeah. That was the highlight of the movie. Wow. Literally nothing else memorable in the movie. So, yeah, I don't think you really I'm not missing much, much yeah. <laughs> no. There's a reason why the found footage genre was kind of dead for several years is because uh-huh. what you were saying, like, it's not everyone's cup of tea. People get motion sickness pretty easily. Yeah. And honestly, 
like I love my fair share of found footage films, but I don't want to be seeing that all the time. I feel like it takes yes. away from the effect, you know, if if you're seeing it all the time. Once in a while, specific content kind of thing. Like it mm-hmm. makes, you know, it makes sense in the in the places it's been done, you know, like this movie, Paranormal Activity, obviously. And like I mentioned, Cloverfield was pretty good. I don't know how many others there are. Um, there, there are a few. There's some that they're trying to make nowadays or, you know, the... The one that's like supposed to that was supposed to be all filmed on the iPhone or something like that. I don't know if you saw. That's that's the new trend. That's like the new found footage is when you, the whole thing is like the interface of the phone or like a webcam, like Skype or something. Yeah. That's the new style. Um, I do want to say, I mean, shout out to Cloverfield. Thanks for bringing that up. And I felt like Cloverfield, at least in my opinion, that started the the resurgence of the found footage film mm-hmm. or found footage genre. Even though Paranormal came out in 2007, Cloverfield actually hit theaters first in 2008. Oh, I didn't even realize that. I, I always remember in my mind, I was like, I always thought Cloverfield came first. Why is um, like IMDb saying it came out before Cloverfield? But then that made That's more sense. That's because it was the, the film festival thing, right? Correct. Yeah. Paranormal came out at the film festivals, did okay or whatever. And then eventually it, you know, came around to Paramount, Paramount, was it? Paramount, I believe, yeah. And I think they, they were just waiting for someone to pick it up and release in in theaters. And so eventually Paramount finally uh, picked it up. They wanted to refilm the whole thing. They wanted to refilm the whole thing with, you know, regular, you know, like a regular movie with, without the whole. I didn't know that. I knew that film thing. Yeah. I knew that they re reshot like a good chunk of the movie. I didn't know that they wanted to do the whole thing. Yeah, they wanted to just redo it like a regular movie, but then I think they did like a film, a, a test uh, viewing or something like that, and it was getting, mm-hmm. it was, uh, they realized that it needed to stay the way it was to make the impact that they were trying to make, so mm. yeah, they they decided to scrap that idea. The only thing is that they obviously changed the ending, and right. um, they added the one little tiny piece of CGI that was at the very end when her face changes <laughs> that was what cost half the budget right there <laughs> of the 230 dollars. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so how'd you think of the presentation like coming in the very first thing you see is like the text you know and it's it's saying it takes place in san diego and i, I like the the presentation of like this is basically almost like law enforcement footage that yeah. is being shown to you yeah you like know like this was footage. recovered yeah as evidence <clears throat> i thought that was a cool take on it yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, again, it makes it seem more real, which is, I think, what what makes it so scary. Despite you know what happening, what what goes on in the movie isn't super crazy or anything like that. But because it seems so real, you know, anything, any anything, any of the stuff happening in the movie, if that happened to me, I would be Hell out. No. Yeah, that's a that's a fat nope. Yep, and I, who sleeps with their freaking bedroom door open? We we actually do. I, I feel like it makes the room cooler. <laughs> I was watching this whole movie like close that door, close that door, close the door. I don't know, maybe because I live in a house of six people, but <laughs> during the winter time, I will close the door because yeah. when you compartmentalize, it, it's easier to heat, right? So mm, yeah. <laughs> that's when you do the opposite, and you it's like you try to like close as many doors as possible. Or maybe I don't want the rest of the house to hear me snore. I don't know, but yeah, I, I keep my door closed when I'm sleeping. Can they still hear it through the walls though? Probably. <laughs> what's that rattling <laughs> like the, the pictures on the walls are shaking <laughs> uh, andrew's a sensitive sleeper so he wouldn't be able to take that oh gosh gotcha. like if i, if I yeah. get too loud he'll like go sleep somewhere else <laughs> <laughs>
So we're introduced to the two principal characters, Katie, played by Katie Featherston, and her fiance, Mika, played by Mika Sloat. I gotta say, though, they were only engaged to be engaged. Oh, were they? So they were never actually engaged? No. Oh. He mentioned it. He said, we're engaged to be engaged once she's Mm, done with school. That was good to know. It was weird hearing his name pronounced like that, because I'm used to being Micah. Yeah, I know. Every time I would see it, you know, because I was watching it with the captions. uh, Every time I would see it on the screen, in my head, it's always Micah. And then she would be like, Mika. And I'm like, no, no. No. Stop saying that. You're wrong. I know. I wonder why they decided to use their real names. Do you think that that made it more realistic? A little bit, yeah, but... I or mean, do they just look like that? Like, Katie just looks like a Katie. Because <laughs> they did it with everyone. When I looked at the credits, they did it with everyone except one person. I think the person, the the uh, maybe it was the person's image that they used for the Diane person that they found on the website. I think it might have been somebody else. But everybody used their actual names for this movie. Or maybe it was to add add more of that sense of realism to it. Sure. And then we're yeah. gonna like this we're gonna really find out happened that the, to Yeah, we're gonna find out that the girl who played her sister is really her sister or something. <laughs> Actually, you know th- that was a little uh, immersion breaking for me because I had seen her in something before. I, I think she was oh, in like really? CSI. Oh, yeah, and then so she popped up in this. I was like, "You're not really her sister." I know you. No, it's just that it's just that her sister is an actress. No, yeah, maybe an acting family. Yeah, I can see it. I mean, they are in Southern California, so. I actually thought that neighborhood looked really nice in San Diego. It did, yeah. I don't know if it was actually filmed in San Diego, but it looked like it. I know. A nice little suburb. So the the movie, early on, it starts off by mentioning that sometimes, uh, told by Katie, she reveals that the strange events happen randomly around her and seem to be kind of picking up more and more lately. So Mika decides to set up a camera in the bedroom where he can dismount and carry it with him as needed and, uh, you know, capture whatever evidence or lack thereof that he can. So he's, he starts off as like the, you know, it's the stereotypical, like skeptical significant other, right. Mm -hmm. Gives a lot of pushback, doesn't really support her and makes fun of her and all that stuff. And she's legitimately scared. And, you know, she tries to plead with them and he's just like, yeah, you're, you're dumb. You're overreacting. Yeah. And even at the beginning, she, she, She's obviously scared, but I think she's not too scared yet because it's never gotten this bad. And honestly, I feel like Mika is the one that's making it worse. You th- you feel like he's antagonizing. The obviously, spirit. I know. Yeah, I, I know that you know her house burned down at some point and everything, but I don't think it's ever been. I mean, according to what she says, I don't think it's ever been quite this bad. Hmm. until Mika's constantly like, I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it. I'm going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Did you find yourself getting annoyed by Mika? Yes. Can you stop? You know, Can you just not? Yeah, I'm like, he doesn't He doesn't know. He's not a professional. He doesn't know anything about this stuff. Everything. Every time he does something, it gets worse afterwards, and he insists that he can take care of it. I'm like, you're obviously not taking care of it, and it's getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. Why do you think that Katie allowed it, though? Because she obviously has way more experience with this thing. Do you think she developed some sort of technique as well to kind of like block it out, not think about it, and then eventually kind of like goes away for a while? I think so. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she was hoping that he was right. Maybe she was hoping that uh, he he really would figure something out that would work, or maybe mm-hmm. he was she was just feeling pressured. And I, she probably didn't want to sound crazy either, you know? She didn't want to sound too crazy. Like, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that maybe she she's just so tired of 
dealing with this by herself for so long oh, that yeah. she was almost relieved to at least have someone that's willing to help. Cause I feel like everyone else is, is either going to downplay it or <laughs> just, or think um, she's crazy. Yeah. You know, like jump to conclusions almost. And yeah, it's like, no one's really going to listen to her. So she, mm-hmm. maybe she felt that like, okay, even though he's kind of making fun of it, you know, he's at least trying to help and try to do something and who knows it actually might help. So let's yeah. give it a shot. Yeah almost forgot did any weird shit happen to you while you're watching this movie uh yes because i had some weird chat happen to me but i'll let you go first so i was i was actually watching this movie at work so like what are the chances of anything weird happening at work right well it's a creepy and <laughs> it's a very well lit very loud busy lab um so i'm watching it at work on my phone you know it's, it's kind of slow at work whatever and my computer screen goes black. That's not the weird part, though. It goes black as it's transitioning into um, screensaver. So sometimes sometimes it'll just go straight into screensaver. No big deal. Sometimes it'll go black and then transition into screensaver. So also no big deal. But it goes black, and all of a sudden it just flashes white at me. And it startled me because it's like right in my face. Was it also while you were like at a really creepy scene in the movie and it was just yeah something timed. oh it was the ouija board scene so the so they set up the ouija or um mika sets up the ouija board katie gets pissed they leave and then you hear the footsteps approaching the ouija board oh, and no. then the fl- the screen flashes in my face and i was like oh shit and then like the little bushes start moving the little plant starts moving in the movie uh-huh. and i'm just like oh my god it's here <laughs> so it wasn't that crazy wasn't yeah. that crazy, but it still startled the crap out of me because it, were you embarrassed? It like, did not... you look around to see if anyone saw you? Nah, no one was around me. <laughs> it was not. Yeah, it's not. It wasn't something that my computer usually does. It, you know, it's it was out of place and creepy in context. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, if you're in that right state of mind, yeah, anything can startle you. Yeah, exactly. The baby's back. Yo, my baby's crying. So yeah, what happened to you? That was creepy. So this is what happened too often but i think it just happened at the perfect time and i have to be careful how i word this because otherwise it might go off again but um my echo or one of the echo devices (laughs) actually started talking it was kind of weird so there was there was a scene where maybe they're arguing or they're just talking back and forth and it thought it picked up like a trigger word or something Uh, and so it just started it, it was like listening and then it responded to whatever that scene was and so as i was watching the movie uh, she just starts like talking and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Sometimes she'll just, ha- she'll say these weird things just totally unprovoked. Like there's no, no one said anything and it'll just be like, Hmm, I'm not sure. And you're like, <laughs> creepy. What? <laughs> so it's just stuff like that. And I actually feel like that could be another good horror movie idea. You know, someone communicating through these echo devices or maybe the echo is the villain. It's almost like 2001, a space odyssey iRobot. Yeah, that's it's funny that kind of like weird shit happened to both of us while watching yeah, this movie. That was that is hilarious. Perfectly timed. But you know what? I'm all about it. I want it I want to be fully immersed. So I think the best way to probably approach most of this movie is because m- most of the events happen at night. So I just feel like um we can address it by like which by night, night we're currently yeah. on. Yeah. So we'll start off with night 1. What happens in night one? Not a lot. Just some footsteps. It's cool because they're they're just setting the foundation, right? Yeah. So they're, they're just doing some slightly creepy things, but they're not going to be showing you everything right out the gate. They're not showing you all the cards. 
Oh, of course. And like I said, you know, they throw little teasers up with with Mika's provocation. It gets worse and worse as it goes on. <laughs> it just seems. Yeah. And in night one, basically all that is shown is the camera catches some faint footstep sounds coming from the stairs just outside the bedroom. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. We also get most of the plots foundation from Katie and Mika meeting with Dr. Fredericks, who's the psychic. So Dr. Fredericks explains that this may be a demon trying to reach out to Katie. And this was actually, yeah, I I don't think they really thought about it until they listened to Dr. Fredericks. And he also advises not to do anything further until consulting a demonologist, Dr. Johan Averys, whom he refers to. I was going to say, which he shouldn't have said to, which he shouldn't have said to Mika because he obviously does not want to, does wants to do exactly the opposite of what Dr. Fredericks told him to do. Right. Dr. Johan Averys is who uh, Dr. Fredericks refers, but they don't immediately get to even reach out to Dr. Averys because like you Mika said, convinces Katie not to. Mika isn't taking this seriously. Katie actually wants to call the demonologist ASAP, but Mika's uh, yeah. like, you know what? Let me handle it. Let I think you're kind of blowing this out of proportion. And I think they ultimately compromise on let's let's try out my methods. And if they don't work, then we'll call the demonologist. Yeah. But I don't think they knew that it was going to escalate. I think she was yeah. just like, okay, you try a couple different techniques or whatever. If you get any results. You know, that's cool. If not, then we'll call the demonologist. And, or if it gets uh, worse. She said if it gets worse. If it gets worse. Unfortunately for them, it does. Yeah. Just a little. What happens in night three? The bedroom door moves a little bit. It closes a little bit and then it opens back up a little bit. It's getting exciting. The door moved. I mean, which was actually pretty creepy because like, it, it's not like it just like slightly like a breeze would have blown it over. Yeah. It strictly moved from like one place and then back to where it was before yeah. with intent. I feel like the, you know, the demon was testing his uh, influence on our plane, you know, mm. it's like he's getting uh, better at it, right? Like the yeah. more he practices it. Oh yeah. He definitely improves over time. And even, you know, a couple nights before the end when the, just the sheet moves. Yeah. He's just getting stronger and stronger little by little. Which, I mean, you know, that doesn't sound like much, but it's like moving the sheets in, in the way, like with the finesse that it shows in the movie. Yeah. I feel like that's actually pretty difficult to do. Without yeah, waking so someone creepy. up. Yeah. He reveals that he reveals the foot that he will use to drag her later. <laughs> and night five, uh, Katie wakes up in a panic and tells Mika that she heard whispers in her ear while sleeping. It's almost like he's um, not only is he testing like the the physical boundaries, but, you know, it's like how well can he communicate with Katie as yeah, well? It seems like he's testing, you know, his boundaries with her, too, because, you know, as we you know, see in the future that he tries possessing her a couple times. Mm-hmm. I wonder though. So do you think that the more worried and, and kind of obsessed you get with something, the more susceptible you are to it? Like the, the more that you're, you're going to believe it. And then the more that you believe it, the more you're going to open the door for something to come in. Whether that, or if you, yeah, if he was just wearing her down and that made her more, more susceptible, more vulnerable to him. Mm um he she definitely was getting more vulnerable to him you know mm-hmm. yeah and then uh mika does some experimenting with a microphone <laughs> was this a little annoying to you as well because he's just obviously you know he's like kind of making fun of it and kind of like poking and prodding while he's like recording audio 
Yeah, it's annoying, but I mean, it, he also did get a result out of it, so that was kind of cool. He did, yeah. He does it ever explain what he does for a living? Because he had he kind of had like a pretty. She said he's a day setup. trader, so he he basically deals in stocks. Right? That's right. That's right. Yeah, and so I feel like he had a pretty legit setup, you know, and he yeah. he, knew, he knew his way around a computer. He had like all this editing software, whatever, whatever apps he needed to yeah. be able to um, upload the videos and edit them, review the audio. He records in the bedroom and he's kind of like doing a survey around the room, you know, pointing the microphone in different corners, asking different questions. And obviously he doesn't hear anything uh, immediately. But then when he goes back down to the computer and uploads it and reviews the audio then he realizes that there was i don't know if it was a response necessarily it sounded like a response but it was like it, it seemed like a response do you remember the question that he was that the demon responded to do you remember uh i don't remember i, don't remember. I'd... I think he said like what's your favorite color or something, <laughs> something dumb like no, it that. was uh no he asked if he asked if the demon if the demon wanted him to get a ouija board oh is that what he asked him I, I believe so. And then that was the one that he responded to. And so that was where he was like, oh, I'm going to get a Ouija board then, you know? Mm, kind of I always thought that was just random. Okay. Um, and so he, yeah, it. that he obviously, it seems like he was responding that he wanted him to get a Ouija board, you know? Well, then we get to night 13, lucky number 13. They go like a week without any, anything happening. So, you mm-hmm. know, what's a, so it's not all, it's not every night. I think it's this is the biggest, random. this is the biggest uh, gap though. Oh, was it? So after yeah. this, it picks up. It was, was one, three, five, and then suddenly thirteen, then fifteen, seventeen, nineteen, mm, twenty. You're so. right because it only goes up to twenty-one nights. So yeah, okay. So thirteen, lucky number thirteen is uh, this one's a doozy. This one was it pretty sure crazy. Is. So what happens in this one? Um, it seems like he was. Uh, well, I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, my only guess is that he's again like testing his strength or something so at some point uh you know there's a huge there's a huge screech a loud bang uh they wake up obviously and my uh, mika mika see mika yeah. grabs the camera and um they see like the chandelier swinging so it, like shook the whole house did it sound like something it could have been mistaken for something or it well, sounded the screech, pretty the screech part yeah it was was creepy but i'm wondering if he like dropped a couch or something i don't know you know I think Mika actually suggested, like, what did he lift the couch and drop it or something, you know? And I was like, hmm, maybe. Because it's like, yeah, like, what? It was what the huge. Hell was, it was a big bang. was yeah. touching the chandelier to get it to move, you know? Or or yeah, maybe it could have just... you know, shook the house en- enough. Maybe he was phasing into our world like Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. <laughs> and then when it shut him little back out, little. he just yelled out in frustration. The couple, they, they're awakened by this like demonic sounding screech thing right and this thing was freaking unsettling like yeah, that that like guttural whatever sound this thing sounded like not of this world you know otherworldly mm-hmm. for sure yeah definitely you can really uh blame it on like creaking pipes or anything like that you know would you go downstairs after hearing some shit like that fuck that <laughs> now it's time to close the door and lock it i would probably make andrew go though you would go check it out. I know. Well, I mean, with the stuff that's happening, you know, nothing's too crazy yet. Um, I would probably think like, you know, when they first start hearing noises and it turns out being the ice machine or whatever and like stuff, stuff like that, I probably would have thought it was, you know, a rat or a raccoon on the roof or something like that, which I have experienced before. We kind of try to make ourselves feel better by coming up with some sort of explanation for it, even though it doesn't make any sense. It could have been 
maybe a jet engine falling out of the sky. Who knows? Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah, to somebody's bedroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um. I do remember th- specifically thinking, though, and again, like I thought this watching the scene was, oh, this is getting juicy now. Like, yeah, this is, exactly. it's, starting to, it's starting to pick up. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I was getting so, excited, but I was also nervous. Like I, I knew this was happening and I had the audio on uh, kind of loud and everything. And yeah. so I, was, I was like fully immersed. And when uh, when that sound and the, the bang and all that happened, whew, I, I was pretty nervous myself. Your heart was thumping. And so keeping in mind that that at this point, Mika has brought up getting in getting a Ouija board. No, he and she makes him promise that he is not going to buy a Ouija board. You know, she, she tries to follow Dr. Frederick's device and not provoke. This I don't even thing. think this is where they get the Ouija board yet. I think there's one. No, more no. Night. But I just, I just want to point out oh, that they've okay. had this discussion mm-hmm. and that she has shot it down and ma- literally made him promise that he will not go out and buy a, buy a Ouija board. Right, right. But the thing is, like he he gets around it by saying like, "Oh, I, I found it. I didn't buy." No, it. he said he borrowed it. Borrowed it. Yeah. He borrowed it. Okay. So so night fifteen, Katie gets out of bed, stands there watching from her side of the bed, stands there watching Mika for literally two hours. It seems like she's watching, but she's in like a a sleepwalking state, right? Yeah. So, but she, I mean, she just stands there over him for for a couple hours. Mm-hmm. Goes downstairs. He eventually wakes up and goes down there and finds her outside. And this is where this is this is where it gets fun, though. This is the first time that the demon is seemingly possessing her because she he is talking to her and she's just like, "No, I want to be out here. Leave me alone." And her voice is kind of like, "No, just leave me alone." trying to sound like sweet and delicate or just just that she's out of it you know it didn't sound natural yeah no like, it that, sound that was the thing yeah it doesn't sound natural and so he he's like well if you're gonna stay out here then i'm gonna go get some blankets he goes in there to get some blankets here's some stuff going on upstairs the tv turns on it's like full blast on you know static uh so he goes up there to investigate that white noise is always creepy by the way yeah turns around and katie's right there and then she's like, what's going on? Like she finally comes to you. What's going on? I, I actually loved how they did this because they were toying with the, the jump scare for a little bit yeah, there because yeah. he comes downstairs. He's walking through the house. There's no sign of Katie anywhere. So, he, you yeah. know, he, you, we, we're seeing it from the point of view of the camera. He's like glancing in the kitchen, nothing in the living room. But then he sees that the, the sliding door leading outside to the backyard is open. So he's like sticking the camera through the curtains. And I was <laughs> yeah. expecting something to be right there, you know, waiting for him. Yeah. But no, you know, he just finds Katie just chilling on the the little like patio swing and slowly, you know, cautiously yeah. checking upstairs. He's like looking around. And he's like, oh, that was weird. The two just turned on on its own. And then when he turns around, man, and she's it's just right like there. she's like her face is taking up the full frame. She doesn't even like scream or anything. You know, it's just like, bam. <laughs> yeah, that that definitely made me kind of tense up in the theater. I remember yeah. watching it. So this is the only movie I've actually seen in theaters three different times and i saw it with wow. three different groups and i felt like each time i went i was still nervous i was you know I was still like tense watching the movie yeah. but it yeah. was so much fun like I, I had such a blast the first time i think i saw it first with brenda and then i thought i saw second time with you but i guess i saw it, it could have been i could be completely wrong i mean my my memory ain't that great <laughs> i thought it was uh like you and like some of your friends and then the third time, actually, you saw it with Skyler and a couple of our friends, oh, okay. and it was <laughs> it was so fun. I still remember when I saw it with uh, my group of friends. One of them, he was most of the movie. He was just covering his eyes. He was like, "Oh, fuck the bullshit! Fuck the bullshit!" Like he was just like <laughs> he was super scared. Yeah, it was it was so much fun. That's that's hilarious. 
so then you know that nothing comes of that really and then they go to bed but you know obviously that was creepy because she she doesn't remember you know talking to him outside so was she just talking in her sleep or was she possessed who knows and, and they even look at the footage and she's just like i don't remember any of this what the? yeah like yeah. from where she remembers is when she's standing right behind him and he's like whoa what the hell yeah. and so i guess that's when she that's where she, she snaps to. out of it mm-hmm. yeah honestly with with all this shit happening could you go back to sleep i'd be no. too freaked out well, I mean, at some point they can't, so that you know, they start losing a lot of sleep and get real tired. But yeah, yeah, I, I want to just be like, after that, like she maybe she because she doesn't know what happened, so she's just like, oh, come back to bed, and yeah. he's like, uh, <laughs> no. But yeah, I guess this is like this is the same day, right? And this is, I think, this is my favorite part. I want to say the Ouija board. Yeah, because it's just like, I mean, there's there's no there's nothing there's no way to explain this. No mm-hmm. way to explain this. You know, can't be like, oh, the wind or, you know. There was wind too. It was like wind in the house with everything closed. So it's like where the hell exactly. that comes so, from? So he he pops out. So I guess they're going on a date night. They're getting ready to leave. He pops That's out. Like yeah, yeah. He pops out with the Ouija board that he borrows. She gets pissed, obviously, and she's like, "Did he honestly think that was going to be a pleasant surprise?" Right. And so he's like, "Oh, we have ten minutes before we have to go. Let's just do this real quick, kind of thing." Yeah. And she flips out, obviously, and she's like, "I'm going, whether you're coming with me or not." And so they leave. You know, they leave, you wait a couple minutes, you hear some footsteps, and that was when my computer uh, jump scared me. <laughs> oh, the scene. <laughs> yeah. And then you see the bushes move, like it's brushing by and it's it's hitting the bushes, like it hits the little plant, the little their little potted tree. Right. And then it starts moving around the uh the whatchamacallit, the the cursor on the Ouija board. Is that what it's it's called? I I never knew what I that think little so. I thing feel like was. yeah. And then the thing catches fire. Spontaneously combusts. Spontaneously combusts, combust, yes. What the hell? What? But it's only for a second. Like, it's only for, like, 30 seconds. No, no, it's... It, well, I mean, you don't know how long. I mean, obviously, it didn't burn down, down the house or anything like that, but it cuts to the next scene while it's still on fire. Well, it... So you don't actually know how long it goes. I don't think it fast-forwards, though. I think it just... No, it just, cut, it just cuts out. The, I thought it no, stays on until it burns up. No, it, it cuts out in the middle. Because I was, I was watching, I was like, does it go out? Like, I was paying attention. I was like, does it go out on its own, or what? And it cut out while it was still on fire. So it, I mean, you assume that it just went out on its own, but you don't see it. And Mika's like super fascinated by this because it's like not only did all this, he captured all this on yeah. video. So he's like watching that and he's like, whoa, what the hell? So then he goes and checks out the Ouija board and there's like weird markings on it. Like it's not yeah. burnt, but there's like weird yeah, like, like white marks on it. From it's, what it yeah, it's like. like sparkly. I don't know. It's weird. But here's the thing that gets me, though. At this point, it's obviously getting worse. You cannot deny that it's getting worse. The thing caught fire on its own. It's getting mm-hmm. worse. And yet Mika's like, uh, I can handle it. That's a fire extinguisher. What's the worst that could happen? Do you think he showed that footage to Katie or do you think he kind of kept he it did. to himself? No, oh, no, he was trying to. He was like, oh, oh, you know, something happened with the Ouija board. And she was like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to yeah. hear it, you know? It almost became like this taboo subject where as soon as yeah. he brings up Ouija, she's just like, nope, stop. I don't want to hear it, you know? She exactly. wants nothing to do with that. So she never actually saw the footage, which I think that would have been like the last straw for her yeah. <laughs> if she saw that. But this continues to go. Yeah, because he takes it t- takes it upon himself and tries to, you know, watch the footage and, and see where the cursor moved and figure out what it was trying to say. Kind of comes up with several comes up with several options, including the name Diane. Which it does link to a previous person, right? That they found yeah. on the internet. Yeah. So they eventually find some he eventually finds somebody on the internet. Um, and he's like, Oh, I found, I found something. We might be able to figure We might be able to fix this or whatever. 
which is so dumb because they find this person Diane, and this it, the same thing happened to her sixty years ago. They they call an exorcist, and she ends up freaking dying. So I don't know where out of this he he figures out like he's gonna help oh, her. Oh, this is exact same stuff happened to her. I, he, yeah, exactly. How is he gonna help her with this? Because you know they do nothing; it's still going on. They do they do something; it gets worse. And if they call an exorcist or something, they're gonna die. So you might die. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know where he was thinking that he was gonna be able to help her with this. They've but... probably seen the movie The Exorcist. Like that did not end well. <laughs> no, no. They, there was uh, there was footage on the website of this this Diane girl and shows her like thrashing around and like eventually yeah. she's just lying still covered in blood and. But it doesn't actually show the the process of the exorcism. No. No. Okay. It just kind of shows her in bed. You know, there's a little thrashing, and then yeah. And I think this is night twenty by the by that time. Uh, I th- I think almost, uh, almost, because uh, we're about to reach seventeen. Yeah. Oh, the baby powder. Oh, that was good too. Yeah, that was good too. Night seventeen. Mika has the idea to sprinkle baby powder all over the hardwood floor. Basically, what he's trying to do is, which I don't know how this is really going to help, but he wants to capture footsteps. So he wants to see where they're coming from and where they're going to. This isn't this isn't helping. He's just he just wants proof, you know mm. that. Like I mean, he, it seems like he, he's seen it. Like he, you know, he did the thing with the Ouija board. He's seen he's seen it, but he still just wants to experiment some more and get more proof that it exists. Kind of. I almost feel like it's it's kind of exciting for him. Like now that he sees yeah. it, he's like, "Whoa, this is this is really freaky." I want to see I want to see what other evidence I can find. Yeah. Yeah. And it just continues to escalate. Yep. Man, I thought this was actually pretty creepy because it does it does capture footsteps. I, apparently, it comes from like the hall, the upstairs hallway closet or something into their bedroom. The uh, yeah, where the attic entrance is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it looks and, like it, it seems like it hangs out in the attic. And then uh, when they show the shape of the foot, like the footprint, what what does that look like to you? I don't know, like a demon hoof thing it kind of looks like this like three toed like yeah. sharp toed or like clawed kind of foot thing almost like a like a chicken foot almost like a cloverfield alien they're connected i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah yeah like kind of like a kind of like a chicken foot maybe it's just a big chicken it's a chocobo <laughs> it's a friendly chocobo if it was a chocobo you would know because it wouldn't screech it would go wookie woo <laughs> the classic <laughs> i wish they actually would have kept that in the remake but i get it that was like a sound that you made with like the 16-bit soundboard yeah, or something exactly. you know but um yeah so after they they capture the footprints actually coming into the room and stuff mm-hmm. crazy yeah, and they they discover that the footprints are coming from the closet and so they decide to go investigate yeah that's also a a, a nope for me like going up yes. into the attic in the middle of the night it was a fairly Screw clean that. attic, though, so good for them. Yeah, it looked like a pretty new house. It wasn't like my 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 horror movie attic at my first house. That was was it bad. That, that house used to have rats, Ooh. and so it was just all rat poop up there. Anyway, um, yeah, he goes up there and finds a picture that was supposed to have burned down with her house when she was. 13 or whatever and it's a, a picture of katie, of katie as a child yes so this was a long time ago a long yeah it's an old picture presumably lost in a fire but apparently the demon snatched it was burned around the edges so the demon apparently snatched it before it was destroyed interesting like kept as like a, a, a trophy or something a yeah. Memento, yeah wow so i think they're they're kind of starting to allude that 
this really is the same entity that yeah. has been following her as a child. Uh-huh. And, uh, and it obviously um, is focusing on Katie. And now they're starting to link several things. You see the picture that's kind of burned around the edges. You see the Ouija board that went up in uh, flames for a little bit. And then she mentions that her childhood home burned down randomly. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And they weren't able to, to figure out a cause of the fire. So the, I feel like the next, because the next day something finally happens during the day. And yeah. I want to say that was the time. Like, wasn't he like alone at some point? He was just kind of like going around all macho. Like, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want, motherfucker? What are you trying to do with this? You know, kind of thing. I think, yeah, just randomly. He's like trying to like provoke or whatever, for whatever reason, maybe get some sort of reaction out of it. So then they hear a bang upstairs and they have a, a framed picture on the wall and the glass is smashed. And hit, and just Mika's face is scratched. This looked like a threat to me. Like straight mm-hmm. up, like it's a it's a picture of both Katie and Mika in it. You know, it's just like a little like uh, cute couple photo, and then only Mika's face is scratched. So I'm like, oh, that's a he has a target on his back now because I, you know, this fool just keeps antagonizing him, antagonizing this demon. So, you know, now it's it's taking notice and it's kind of getting pissed from what it looks like. Yeah. So now he has a target on his back. Definitely. And I, I I can't, I hate to say it, but I feel like he kind of brought it upon himself. You know what I mean? Because. Yeah. This is important to note though. And, and let's not understate the fact that up until this point, all the events have been happening in the evening. And this is yeah. like the first time we've seen it happen during the day. So I'm like, yeah, again, now they don't even stronger. have, they don't have the comfort and the safety of sunlight, you know, like yeah. the daytime. It's like, oh shit. Now this is starting to bleed over into the day. It's not mm-hmm. just nighttime. And they haven't been getting that much sleep. You know, it's like they've been getting less and less sleep. And so they're they're starting to get exhausted. They're starting to get tired. They're still freaked out. And yeah, they're has... getting weaker. It's getting stronger. Yeah, exactly. It's like feeding off of their fear. Definitely. And so they finally decide to call in Dr. Avery's. <laughs> Needless to say, it's time to bring in the demonologist. Or so they try. Yeah, they call Dr. Fredericks back because they're desperate. And I can't remember if it's this day or the next day, but he steps into the house and he's immediately like, nope, I can't be here. He was a smart man. He got out of there while he still could. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, the, the whole hold, hold up for for uh, the next couple of days thing was uh, not going to happen. Like, what, what the hell is that going to do? You know, is that when Avery's was supposed to be back? Yeah, yeah, that's what he was saying. He'll be back in a couple of days. Just wait for a few more days, you know. That was after 17, and so... Yeah, that was like 19, I, I want to say. So they, they didn't even... Well, this was right before night, night. Or this could have been it was, maybe... it was either I can't remember. It was either right before 19 or right after 19, or like the day of 19. Actually, yeah, I think you're right. I think this was the day just before night 19. So I'm like, they only have a couple more days. They're not going to yeah. make it. Yeah, exactly. But this was, this was so kind of disheartening for them you know and discouraging because it's like now they have no help how they felt so alone after this because they always kind of had that like safety net that they could always rely on and now that was taken away completely yeah and then yeah and even and like they they talked about leaving and stuff like that um but katie mentions it's you know it's it's been following me so it doesn't matter where i go it's gonna be there you know um even though they do decide to leave at some point but i remember when i was watching this Brenda kept saying, she was like, just leave. Why are they still there? Just leave the house. But I, I was trying to explain to her that this followed her from her childhood home. Yeah, and it seems yeah. like it's been anywhere she goes, it eventually shows back up. So I don't, I don't know if like running is really going to do much. It might buy you some time. Maybe, maybe it needs to, I don't know, get strong in the new house or something, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, so night, night 19, it finally takes on a bit of a physical form in a shadow. 
Ooh, creepy. You see the shadow cross past the door. It's kind of interesting, too, because it's like the light has to hit some sort of solid surface to create a shadow. So it's like, how, how did it create the shadow? Maybe maybe it's not maybe it's not actually a shadow, but that's just... Um, that's know, what it looked black. like. It's like a wraith or something, you know? It's a Dementor. <laughs> right. Either way, creepy. And then... Ooh. And then it gets real <laughs> Night 20, I had a, an oh shit moment. Oh, is it, was it night 19 that, um, yeah, nine, is it night 19 that it also moves the sheet? I think so. And then 20, for me, man, this was like, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. They're, they they get in a physical confrontation with the demon. I like how they, they were like easing into it because the night before you're like, oh, he just like blows the, the sheet over, whatever. No big yeah. deal. And then this time he no does it deal. again and you're just expecting to like stop there. But then you see her leg move. Like something is moving her leg. It's not Katie that's doing it. And then so it like while she's like still like almost like in a the state of like waking up, she's pulled out of the bed. So she like flops onto the ground and she's like super disoriented. And um, this was such a cool effect. I actually wonder how they did this. They like drag her down the hallway out the door. Oh, yeah, and all the way down the hall. And she's screaming for Mika and he goes and runs after her. Mika snaps awake. And then goes and fights the thing. Like he's he goes down there. And he's like yelling, "Let her go! Let her go!" So he's obviously obviously trying to like pull her away, and it's holding on. But before that happens, doesn't he wakes up and he tries to go after, and doesn't it like slam the door in his face or something? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he has to open the door and then go after her. <laughs> when that door slammed, I was like, "She's fucked. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's done." <laughs> right. I thought for sure like there was gonna like the door was gonna be locked, and he's like, "No." <laughs> I know, right? But yeah, then he goes down the hall and. You know, fight fights are back, and then you know they like stumble into the room, and 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 I think they still leave the door open, which is which is beyond me. But then they kind of curl up onto the floor together, and she's crying and stuff. You know. Oh yeah, that was freaky. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, like she strip got like dragged away. For sure, you could not sleep after something like that. I almost felt like that would have been. I don't care where we're going. Like, let's just get in the car. Let's just drive somewhere yeah. away from here. Screw that. Yeah, that was that was one of the best parts of the movie. Definitely, yeah. So the next day, they, that's what they decide to do. They decide to leave, and she's she's a hundred percent ready to go. He's a hundred percent ready to go. He packs up the car, ready to go, and then. Um, but they they reveal something too, because she's she's kind she's really exhausted. She's like on the couch, and she's not really feeling herself, right? Like she seems really mm-hmm. weak. She's just like, oh, I got like something on my back, and she reveals oh, yeah, that she there's was, like a bite that's mark. Right? How did I forget that? Yeah, she got bit by this thing. There's like a creepy like bite mark on her back. It just looks like a bunch of puncture marks. Like it doesn't look. I mean, it doesn't look like a human tooth mark no. bite or anything. You know, it's just like a bunch of puncture marks in the uh, shape of a mouth, and then yeah. it's all bruised up. It looks bad. It, what it the gross. fuck? It this yes. thing is like trying to eat her. Maybe they you know, trying to drag her away by its. I don't know. Poisoner marker. I don't know. And then not long after that, he like goes upstairs to like pack or something and he comes back and now Katie's in the kitchen or something or she's like sitting on the floor and he sees that she's like gripping this crucifix. Oh, yeah. She has like this death grip on it. And so he yeah, eventually pries, pries it out. Hand open. Yeah, she's and she's like catatonic at that point. She you know, pries her hand open and, and, and it's bloody. Well, I don't know if she's catatonic. She's like unconscious or something, right? I, like, I think her head is just drooping down, and so yeah. he's like, he's like trying to wake her. Up. He's like, "What the hell?" Exactly. So, so she, so he pries her hand open, and it's you know filled with blood, and he's like trying to wake her up, and she's not waking up, and and then yeah, he's like he runs and goes and grabs a paper towel, and he's like, "I'm so done with this bullshit," you know, kind of thing. And so like he's over it, you know, and 
Imagine how scared he is, you know, seeing stuff like that. Cause it's like, not only are both of them feel alone, but it's like now he's, he feels like Katie is slipping away too. And he's the yeah. only one that's left. Yeah. And so, yeah. So he like, take, he, like she's, you know, resting in bed or, and he's, he's like, I got the car packed, ready to go. Is that, and that's when she's like, uh, I want to stay. And then at the end, she says something like, Oh, I have a feeling, I have a feeling we're going to be okay or something like that. Yeah. And then her voice. It kind of has almost like two tones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, So you're like, oh shit. Like she was, she was possessed. Well, he didn't, I think the, the audience uh, is the only one that hears it, but like Mika doesn't pick up on that. Right. So he's just like, no, because he he walks, yeah, he's like, all right, whatever. And he walks away and then, and then she says it when she's alone. Mm. So we only hear it. The the camera only hears it. That's right. And then she has this like faint smile on her face too. Yeah. She's like smiling. Yeah. Yeah. And she looks all content and she closes her eyes and smiles. It's super creepy. Oh man. And then this gets into the climax of the movie night 21. So this signifies the end of the movie and has a, has a couple different endings depending on which version was seen. And uh, the version that we saw was the theatrical ending. Yes. And uh, this is the first ending that I saw, not the original. I didn't realize that when this movie first came out in 2007, it had an entirely different ending. So how does the theatrical ending go? She gets up at some point, goes to his side of the bed, and then stands over him for two hours again. She's like closer to him this time too, right? She's like actually on his side of the bed. Yeah, yeah. This this time she actually goes to his side of the bed and stands over him for two hours. Really quick, ha- have you seen any creepy things from your kids? Like, have they? Have you woken up with like them staring at you while you're sleeping or anything like that? Yes, and it is super <laughs> creepy. But they're usually there for a reason. Like Julian will come in. And I'm hungry. he'll just kind of be like, yeah, he'll be like, I need it. I need to pee. Oh, okay. What if you wake up and they're just like, there's a man in my room, you know, something yeah, like that, that. That would be a no. That would be a pretty hard no. I would eat them right out. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a personal uh, problem. <laughs> yeah. They're like, go deal with it. Bye. <laughs> yeah. So then he, so then he goes, um, so then she goes downstairs and then all of a sudden, like, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, she just screams, you know, at the top of her lungs, Mika! From downstairs, yeah. Yeah, from downstairs. So he gets up, runs downstairs, and then she, you know, she's screaming, he's screaming. You hear some some struggle, some thumping, and then it just goes completely silent. This scream, too, man, this thing, she had, like, this, this like, guttural scream as well. Like, I don't know how, she's able to do that really well because I also yeah. saw the original ending, and she kind of does it, like, it's a different scream, but she does it in a similar fashion. Yeah, so it's, it's, you hear the struggle, you hear silence, and then you hear slow, slow footsteps coming up the stairs, and then you hear it t- stop at the top of the stairs. Then you see Mika's body flung at the camera, and it topples over on its side, and then you see Katie standing there, blood all over her shirt, her very 2006 tank top. I I, I looked like her that year too in 2006. <laughs> I looked exactly like layered tank tops, jeans, ponytail with the bangs, you know, to a T that was me. Um, but anyway, yeah, blood, blood all over her shirt. Um, and then she kneels down and kind of like sniffs Mika's body like, and then looks at the camera and then she, she like goes towards the camera and her face transforms in the very last second, which was like I mentioned, the uh, teeny tiny one little piece of CGI that uh, Paramount, the, the whole being with Paramount was uh, enabled them to, include in the movie and so when i saw the the body get flung through the door mm-hmm. dude it was so with freaky. force yeah that was that was the i think that was uh unnatural the biggest like jump scare for me for that movie 
Oh, of course. Yeah. The first time I saw it, like I, yeah. That was for sure like the best part of the entire movie. And I remember leading up to that scene with like the thuds, right? Coming up the stairs, the slow mm-hmm. walk, leading up to just the, the big event that happens at the end when Mika's body is thrown. Brenda, while we're in theaters, she was like, no, I'm done for the rest of this movie. Like covering her <laughs> eyes, looking down, looking away. I probably had my ears plugged at that point. I was I was like zoned in though, because I'm I'm just like, and I think that's how they draw you in is because it's it's just silent for such a long period of time. And then of course, you know, the body hits the camera. And I I think this is the only time I've ever yelled something out in theaters. Cause usually <laughs> I just like tense up and I, it's like I'm like huh! but Yeah. You actually yelled. I was like, holy shit, like that, like <laughs> out loud and i think i was the only one that said something and so i could hear people like chuckling around me but i was just like oh shit that's hilarious yeah i was all embarrassed yeah that was that was uh, probably man. dark nobody knew it was you that was wild yeah it was one wild ride of a movie the way that they end the movie too with like the text and everything because you know how they were they were playing this up to be like some sort of like found footage you know by law yeah. enforcement and they're using this this as evidence So the text was explaining that the police officers kind of investigated the house not long after, and they found Mika's body. They found his body three days later. Yeah, I want to say three days later. And then uh, Katie's whereabouts were unknown. So Katie is still out there. Still out there. And I remember after watching this, I, I heard so many people talking like, is this, does this actually happen? Like, is this real? Is this based off of true events? Like, I know. Is Katie out there? Uh-huh. And I think that's, a, that's exactly what they were going for with this. Yeah. Like, they wanted yeah. to be like, is, I don't know if this is, is this like a snuff film? Like, I don't know. Is it, did this really happen? Did people really die? <laughs> yeah. So, it was, it, it was very effective. It was a trippy movie for sure. And I, I felt like, hands down, way better than Blair Witch Project. But, yeah. you know, there, there are people out there that are, you know, they... If something comes after and it's not the original idea, then people kind of hate on it, even if it, it's done better. And I don't necessarily mm-hmm. agree with that. So I'll, sure, you know, I give props to Blair Witch for pioneering this style, but <clears throat> they didn't do it the best. No. And there's been, in my opinion, way better movies since then. So this being one of them. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was the theatrical ending. So I wanted to just run through the original ending and the second alternate ending. I guess we'll call yeah. it. They, I think they included it on the DVD or something. But you're gonna yeah. have to. You're gonna post links to these, right? I think that they're. Pro- you could probably find them. Oh, I'm yeah. assuming you could find them online. You're gonna have to post them on the social the social media. That's why. See, that's why you gotta follow us because we're always mm-hmm. posting stuff. So the original ending is it's similar to the theatrical ending. Katie goes downstairs. She screams. Mika charges downstairs. There's the struggle and they go silent. But then Katie returns to the bedroom alone with a kitchen knife and blood on her shirt. And she sits down next to the bed and just rocks back and forth all night in a catatonic state. So she's like just staring forward or like staring at the ground or something. And she's just like not moving, just rocking back and forth. But she's not like going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And then um, I think it like fast forwards for a while. Katie's friend yeah. calls, leaves a, a voicemail or, or a message on the answer machine. F- fast forward some more. Um, the friend actually oh, shows sure. up. Oh, the friend shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the friend, friend shows Mika up. Funny. She sees Mika's body downstairs, I guess. And so she screams, leaves. You assume she calls the police. They show up. And they're, so they're like investigating in the middle of the night. 
and they see there's like a light that like turns on. I think it's like one of the bedrooms or the the upstairs hallway closet. And so they start going upstairs and, you know, they're like, this is the police, you know, like come out with their hands up type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Katie is still in the bedroom, you know, just rocking back and forth. And the cops eventually see her. And when, once they see her, she snaps out of it. And she's just like, oh, my God, what, what's going on? Where's Mika? And she's like freaking out. And so she like walks towards the, the officers and they have their flashlights in her face. So she's like yeah. she's kind of disoriented. She doesn't know like what's going on. And she still has the knife in her hand. She doesn't even realize it. And I think there's like a sound or like a door slams behind them and they accidentally yeah. shoot her because they're startled. Yeah. And then so that's how that ends. It, th- there's like text that I think it says it's the film was dedicated to the memory of Katie and Mika oh, yeah. kind yeah. of playing off of their deaths. Yeah. And the second alternate ending is after killing Mika off screen, um, Katie comes upstairs similar to the original ending and Katie walks, knife, right? Katie walks into the bedroom, shuts the door behind her. Then she walks right up to the camera, like really close to it and slices her throat open. And so she kills herself. The The thing with this though, is like, this is obviously non-canon because the sequels kind of reveal that Katie is still alive and possessed, but yeah. you know, it was, it was just like a, a freaky, like I think it was just ending. the idea, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like another idea that they toyed with or whatever. And so exactly. You know, since, since they went with the other one where she disappeared, they could use her later. Yeah. And I'm um, not going to spoil it because we're only talking about yeah, this one. Definitely. If they would have gone with the throat slicing ending, mm-hmm. you would have assumed that it, it wasn't, it wasn't Katie killing herself. It was the demon finally sure. taking her out. Yeah. I think even the ending text tries to play off of the idea that the cops, they found Mika's body and then Katie's whereabouts are still unknown. So it's like she slices her throat, kills herself, but then I guess she survives that, which I don't know. I was like, that's kind of dumb. Like, I like Uh, when they don't explain as much, you know, like it's just like something crazy happens and then it's like you don't know where it goes from there. It's kind of an ambiguous ending. So I felt like the theatrical ending was the best one. I agree. It was the creepiest because, you know, again, like, you know, it made a it made it seem like you know people wondered like, oh, could that be real? Like, is there a Katie out there? You know, being all possessed and creepy and could pop up at any moment and kill us or whatever. But like, who are we to be so important that she would come hunt us down? But right. you still kind of had that thought in the in the back of your mind, like, what if like Katie shows up, you know, and she's like standing over me with a knife or something? Yeah, that is a wrap, folks. If you made it to the end of our podcast, then you unknowingly reached out to a demon and will be getting a special visitor tonight while you're sleeping. That's creepy. Any final thoughts or closing comments? Uh, disclaimer, we cannot be held responsible for any actual demon contact that anybody encounters tonight. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> or can we? Ooh. Maybe we're all part of it. I'm not getting sued over demons. It's like the ring. Like when you watch the video, you're like, yeah. you're locked in now. So it's like, once you listen to this podcast all the way through, now you're a target. Yeah. <laughs> and all this weird, crazy shit starts happening. Sorry, guys. A Ouija board <laughs> just shows up randomly in your living room. And then catches fire. Yeah. <laughs> Still to this day, man, Paranormal Activity is, it's like one of the the movies that I just love going back to just every every couple years. I hadn't seen it in a in a long time, so I, I enjoyed watching it again. Did you get nauseous watching this movie? Like since it's no. kind of found footage? Not this or... one, no. no? Okay. Not, this one never made me nauseous. Not once. I, I just really dig the found footage style. And you know, if if done right, I know, then, yeah, I know you like it. Yeah, it I feel like it just it's like really immersive and uh I, I love that that point of view as well, you know, like yeah. where you're seeing the one of the characters' perspectives and I just feel like that makes it seem like you're 
part of the film itself. You're not just watching someone else go through this, but you're like in it with them. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like that's a uh, lot of fun. What are the, what other found footage films are there? I mean, we mentioned Blair Witch, obviously this one. Um, I guess the, the other paranormals would count. Um, yeah, Paranormal Two with the the security cameras and Three with the really old, you know, cause video cassette handheld cameras from the seventies <laughs> or whatever. And then uh, they redid Blair Witch Project. They did the did remake. Really? Oh my goodness! I don't know if it's a uh, remake or a reboot or a sequel or what, but they they redid okay. it. And then what else? Uh, District um, Nine was one of them, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. There's there's found footage scenes in it. I think it's mostly okay. the beginning part. Okay. But um, yeah, I would still count part of the District 9. And there's been some zombie movies like Wreck that have done this where they're kind of okay. trapped in this building and um, you kind of see it from the point of view, the night vision of like a camera. Got it. Like a yeah. GoPro or something. Sort of. Yeah. Stuff like that, which is actually pretty good. If this podcast inspired anybody to check out more found footage films there, that's a short list. There you go. And you know what? Shout out to Katie and Mika, even though, like you said, they didn't really do much after the series but yeah i felt like they did they did a great job for being like brand new talent yeah unknown actors mika did literally nothing besides um the paranormal films and you know any associated uh content that he may have created uh Mm -hmm. but uh katie's done a thing here and there she did a few few more things like i think she did something before and a couple things after kind of thing like she was in some episode of a show Mm. you know kind of thing that was pretty much it though yeah can you think of similar situations where you there's a uh a super popular movie or tv show or something but then after that was done the actors pretty much did nothing else harry potter just kidding Uh, i have a few yeah actually harry potter is is uh on my list that i made twilight I feel like besides Robert Pattinson, you know, not really Stewart. a whole lot with the actors. Robert Pattinson's done a lot, and Kristen Stewart's obviously done, you know, a few. She does, yeah. she does a lot. Oh, what's her face that played the friend? Whose friend? Oh, Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, Anna Kendrick. She's done right. a ton. Man, I feel like she's actually like her and Robert Pattinson did the most. Yeah. After Twilight, I, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, I also uh had Dexter, Grey's Anatomy. And Game of Thrones. I feel like all of those people just kind of fell off once that was over. I agree. Yeah, I know a few of them here and there have done things like um, the guy who played Tyrion has done a few things. And and he was in like X-Men and he was in, uh, was it one of the MCU movies? Was it it Guardians or something? Or one of the the last Thor? I don't know. He was the uh, like space door for something. <laughs> yeah, and like the forge. He was the he was at the forge. Yeah, yeah. he forged the new hammer or uh-huh. his new axe. His his axe. It, it, that's kind of an oxymoron. He's he's like a giant dwarf. <laughs> Some people here and there that did um did other things after those things, but um yeah, not a lot, not a lot. And also wanted to address that. I know that there's a lot of people that shit on this movie, and it's because they probably like rented it on like voodoo or something they watched it during the middle of the day uh, on a on like a whatever tv no sound system probably had like a bunch of distractions around at the same time and they're just like this movie is boring there's there's nothing going on you because you have to be in this like really quiet setting for it to like really start um making sense to you you know like for you to really enjoy it i feel like that's why the the movie theater experience was like the optimal experience to to see this movie i agree and i feel like that goes with any movie if you see that in that setting at home it's like middle of the day you're like not really paying attention you're like cooking or something while watching tv like you're not really gonna enjoy it 
I think that's a, a lot of mo- I think most, if not all movies, though, the, the movie theater setting is the optimal setting. It, it creates this kind of magic that you can't recreate anywhere else. Yeah. Definitely. No movie ever has quite the impact that it does in the movie theater. But it's kind of sad. Go because... back to the theaters, people. Exactly. But the thing is, like, at this point now, like in your situation, what's it like going to the movie theater or like trying to go to the movie theater? It's like damn near impossible, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, part of it, I guess. You know, a lot of people stopped going because of the pandemic, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, still to this day, I mean, be safe and all that. But I personally, I don't know, maybe because I, I finally got COVID. Yay. Um, <laughs> and I survived. So now I'm like, okay, I can kind of go back out into the world. <laughs> I'm uh, more or less immune for a month or two now. So um, I'd like to go. I would like to go to the theater, but uh, I've got, you know, 18,000 kids. So yep. And that's, that's the thing. It's like people always bring up the fact that it's so expensive. And um, a lot of people now, they just, I think they're so used to not going to the theater. I wonder if it's kind of a generational thing though, as well. Like, do you think your kids will be super into movies and like going to the movie theater? I don't know. Maybe if we can show them the, you know, the magic of the movie theater, then maybe... I mean, they, yeah, everything's on streaming nowadays, but mm-hmm. like I said, there's nothing like the magic of the movie theater, you know? Yeah. And I mean, there's even more premium experiences as well if you seek it out. So if you ever want like the sickest, dopest movie theater experience, go to iPick. Something equivalent to that, wherever is you that, are. Is that one of the 4D theaters? Where... No, it's not even 4D, but it's like, it's man. Just the... The, the food service this was probably the first theater i had ever experienced where they brought you food like they served mm-hmm. you food this was before all the other theaters started adopting that this was also the first theater that i had ever seen reserved seating which was yeah that was like unheard of back in the day you kind of just you kind of just bought a ticket and hoped that there would be a seat and i remember when they started doing reserved seating i was like you know who what do they think this is and i was all pissed and stuff and now it's just the norm and i like it you know because you know you never have to wait in line you're always going to be guaranteed oh, I love you, well it. you'll know from the beginning like you'll you'll either be guaranteed your seat or you don't you know you you already know from the get-go that you're not getting a seat you know exactly so you don't have to show up wait in line and then find out the theater's full i never once complained because it's not like they charge you extra to reserve or anything it's it was only positives there was no negative to that so yeah i pick in pasadena if you ever uh, are interested, it, it it is kind of pricey, but man, this thing is, it's like the whole experience. Like it's underground. So you have to take a oh, couple wow. escalators down and then the landing is like this nightclub thing. So it's like oh. a bar lounge type of setting and super chill. It's beautiful. You can like get your drinks or whatever. Not to mention, this is the first time I'd ever seen alcoholic drinks in a movie theater. So that was, that was yeah, another that's... thing. And so the person I need all that. Yeah, the person will uh like whoever kind of like takes your ticket at the front, they will like walk you to your seat. Like a hostess. Yeah, like they walk you to your table at They a like escort you straight up and they're just they like if you have any questions, if you tell them it's your first time, they'll explain everything to you. They're like, Yeah, you know, like um we recommend that you you show up a little early so you can kind of like just uh take Order. in the vibe and everything. Yeah, mm-hmm. have some drinks or whatever. And this place is only reserved seating. I don't. I don't really think you can just show up. Yeah. <laughs> Affliction Auto's podcast is available on all major podcast streaming services, including Stitcher, Amazon Music, and iHeartRadio. 
New episodes drop on the first Saturday of each month, 5 a.m. Pacific. Again, when nobody in their right mind will be awake on a Saturday morning. I'm thinking about the East Coast folks over here. But that's true. But it will be waiting for you when you wake up. That See, that's what I like about it is like I wake up episode is ready to go you don't, yeah. even ha- you don't even have to wait for it i usually have my notification every first saturday of each month <laughs> there you go uh thank you so much to all the listeners out there for joining stephanie and i this has been affliction Autos podcast episode 17 paranormal activity and we'll see you all next time Woo. Yeah.